Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey family, and welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, I am Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and the host. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for tuning back into another segment. With me today is Michael O'Dell, and here is a bit about Michael. So Michael O'Dell is one of the advisors on the board of Warrior's Heart, and I'm sure you're probably thinking, hmm, what is Warrior's Heart? Well, sit back and relax because you're going to find out. Michael R. Odell was born and raised in the heart of the Hill Country. During his youth, Michael stayed outside. He loved playing baseball with his brothers and skateboarding with his friends. At the age of 19, Michael left his family and the Hill Country behind to become a United States Marine. During his service to our country, Michael was stationed in Hawaii, or some people say Hawaii, and attached to 3rd Battalion, 3rd Marine, a.k.a. America's Battalion. His unit quickly deployed and continuously rotated in and out of the um, theater. CPL Odell was a part of and involved with multiple missions, which were mostly executed at night, training the Iraqi army, as well as maintaining a high level of readiness in the battalion's motor pool. CPL Odell was recognized for promotion and multiple awards for his performance and dedication to the corps and was honorably discharged from service in November of 2010. Shortly after Michael's return home to the Texas Hill Country, the struggle with addiction and PTSD began to take control of his life. As a Marine, Michael would refuse to admit to his problems. Michael continued to suffer from his addiction until it landed him in prison. Michael has been sober since March 2016 and has dedicated himself to helping the warrior class make the crucial transition and decision to choose life and finally return home. So today, I'm sure you're wondering, what are we going to talk about? So Michael and I are going to talk about how he helped how he helped himself overcome some of those trials and tribulations get clean and sober but then why he focuses on healing for military veterans and first responders because not only has he done it for himself but now he wants to help others do the same and get the same results so without further ado let's welcome Michael Odell thank you thank you for that my pleasure, Michael. So now that we got the bio out of the way, the audience knows a little bit more about you. Let's jump into the connection part of the segment. And in this part of the segment, it is a fun way to get you connected with the community. So there are two options we can do here. We could either do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game, emphasis on rapid, because then it allows them to get to know you outside of the main part of the segment that we're going to go into. So what are you up for? Rapid fire or icebreaker? Which one do you think is more fun? I, they both sound fun. Uh, we can go with icebreaker. I think we'll pull more out of you. All right, we'll do that. We'll do the icebreaker. Here we go. So audience, you know, I sing this. We're playing rapid fire with Genesis and Michael. Do, 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 do. Question number one, Michael, favorite color? 
Teal. Question number two. I see your I see you have some tats. Are there significant meanings behind your tats? Yes, uh, almost each one of them I got done while I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, I got a frog and a penguin on my foot, uh, my feet, and those are my favorite animals. Uh, and then there's about nine others. Amazing. Question number three. You're from the Texas Hill Country. Are you a Chapel Hill guy when it comes to sausage? Or what's your favorite Texas food? Brisket. Brisket. Okay. From any from any barbecue place? Uh, there's a Smoky Moe's is pretty good. Um, so it's gotta be good, it's gotta be good, good brisket. Can't just be any place. Okay, awesome. Question number four. If you could if you could trade places with anyone, would you trade places or remain yourself? Yeah, a long time ago, I would have traded places with anybody, but today I would stay myself. Question number five, would you rather a dream car, dream home, or hell, let's go big and have both? (laughs) Both. (laughs) (laughs) Question six, for anyone that is interested in visiting Texas, what place would you suggest they visit? They should visit San Antonio because that's where I'm from and uh, hit the river walk and then go out on a boat on Canyon Lake. Okay. Okay. So I haven't been, I haven't been down to Canyon Lake, but I definitely been to the river walk. And for those of you, they have this amazing chocolate place. It's called Ghirardelli. That's right there on the river walk. And it is amazing. And I think that's the only place in Texas that has Ghirardelli because when I first went there, it was in Vegas and I was like smashing on those brownies like that they have. (laughs) Question, question seven, Michael. So why did you choose the Marine Corps over the other branches? The best dressed, the dress blues are the nicest, sexiest uniform in the service. I think my sister would would debate that with you. She was a CB in the Navy. (laughs) Okay, so question number eight. What's the Marine Corps chant? Because all the branches have their own little chant. Like some say hoorah or whatever. And y'all don't don't like get get at me and say, Genesis, I need you to come correct because I I can't remember all the things that they say. But I do know when my sister did um, boot camp, she was in Gulfport, Mississippi of all places. But just to see the different like cores and me being a civilian, I didn't know any better. So I was just like waving and I was like young and naive. I was like, oh, he's cute. And she's like, put your hand down. Uh, so, so the Marines, there's a, there's a lot of them, but I'll give you two. One is Ura, not Huya, but it's Ura. And, uh, the other one is kill. We scream it all day long. It's like, uh, if your commander is giving, telling you to do something like be back Monday morning at zero five for PT, everybody yells kill. It's just like saying, yes, sir. Pretty interesting. It is interesting because I'm like, kill. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have guessed that one. Uh, we're on nine, right? Keep me honest here. So nine. Yeah. Okay. If you could have a lunch or dinner with any person, Michael, past or present, who would it be? Any person, past or present. Uh, you know, I'm going to pick, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say my mom's dad. Um, he passed away many years ago, and I remember him from when I was a kid. But uh, I'd I'd like to catch up with him. And question ten. This is our fun question, Michael, and it is the pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, this is where our roles are reversed, and you get to ask me one question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So, do you want to pass? Or do you want to play? I'll play. Okay, last question here. You just won the lottery. Cha-ching, cha-ching. However, to get all your funds released, you must donate to three charities of your choice. What charities are you contributing to? Uh, So I'll contribute to the Warriors Heart Foundation, uh, for one. Um, They do a lot of good work. I would contribute to the Assemblies of God. They, uh, my brother's a minister and does a lot of mission trips to Africa. And so I would contribute to that. And then, um, well, let's see, last one. I would probably do some sort of um, donation to a hospital for like for kids, something for kids, sick kids. I want to help sick kids. Okay, so like a St. Jude or yeah, um, cancer like research. Okay, amazing. So thank you for playing Rapid Fire. And that concludes the connection part of the segment. So audience, I hope you got to learn a little bit more on who Michael Odell is, not just on the surface level, but beyond the surface level a little bit. Now we're going to segue into the main part of the conversation, which is the work that Michael is doing now because he has overcame, you know, addiction and he's kicked that, he's kicked that bucket. And he's also, you know, dealt with PTSD and has overcome that. So Michael, with the work that you're doing now with Warrior's Heart and the other things that you're doing, maybe on a personal and professional front, can you give us a glimpse on what drove you in, into this line of work? Yeah, that's a great question. So, uh, uh, as y'all y'all already know, you know, I was in the Marine Corps, deployed a few times for my bio. Thank you for reading that; appreciate it. Um, I struggled when I got out of the Marine Corps, um, and I I struggled with PTSD, mental health, depression, anxiety, all that stuff, and, and addiction. And um, I got out in 2010, and for five six years or so, um, a little longer than that, seven or eight years, uh, I struggled pretty heavily with alcohol and drug addiction. And, uh, I, uh, I ended up going to prison for two years uh, on a three year sentence, um, for substance abuse. Um, and when I was sitting in prison, I, that's when I had that pivotal moment in life where it was like, this is not my destiny. This is not this is not who I was created to be. This is not, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Uh, although this is the path that I chose. Uh, and I had this big pivotal moment in prison and I started teaching Bible studies, uh, every day. I, I just started doing the right thing. And I, and I knew, uh, I don't know how I knew this, but I knew in my head that when I got out of prison, I was going to help people stay sober and overcome addiction. I didn't know how. I didn't know what that looked like. I just knew that that's what I was going to do. That's what I wanted to do. And literally two months after I got out of prison, I I was on parole. I came home. My son was uh, three years old. 
and um, I go to the gym and uh, I'm at the gym and the owner of Warrior's Heart was at the gym and I met him and then they gave me a job. They just offered me a job. And uh, they completely looked past my background, just everything. And, and they gave me a chance. And, uh, and I've been with them for four years. I'm the director of the admissions department. Uh, now I've been sober over six years. And it's just been an amazing, amazing journey that I couldn't have, I couldn't have rolled the dice or predicted any of this. It's just, it's the promises that, that, that recovery brings. There's the, the 12 steps. There's promises in there. The Bible has promises in there. Uh, and they've come true in my life. And that's how I ended up here uh, was some people call it by chance. Some say destiny. I don't, you know, it just, this is how the cookie crumbled and it's been an amazing journey. That is amazing. And thank you for walking us through that and just kind of just sharing a glimpse into your background because then it helps us from the outside looking in, understand a little bit more on who Michael is because sometimes people see where you are right now, but they never know the back end story or how you got to where you are. So here on my platform, I like to just go back and then bring it forward because it's those, the tests, it's the trials, it's the tribulations and all of that who makes up who an individual is. You can't just see somebody and put them on a pedestal because it's like, you see me, but do you really know me? You Mm -hmm. see me, but do you understand my story and et cetera? Because we all have something that we have dealt with in life that has either catapulted us or been a catalyst to where we are today. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the crap does stink, but we're not always going to be in the crap. You know, it's just going to be a temporary moment in our life. But as long as we have the willpower to get over it, then we can. And once we get over it, then we see how we're able to help other people who may be in the same the same thing that we just walked out of. So another question that I had for you, Michael, is um, you mentioned just being involved with alcohol, drugs, and then PTSD. Do you feel like that was a coping mechanism based on maybe some 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 internal issues that you were dealing in that led you down that road? Or how did you get engulfed in that? Yeah, it's another great question. I love your questions. So I struggled. I started drinking alcohol when I was a young boy, age of 14. Um, it was it was a way, uh, there were some struggles going on within our family. Um, uh, the family dynamic, there's just, there just some struggles going on with, with my parents and stuff. And, and that's, that was my coping mechanism. I'm not putting blame or anything like that. It's just when I was 14 years old, I didn't want to be at home and listen to it. So I left and, you know, I drank, drank with my friends and the type of, some people have a, I think a lot of people have addictive personalities. They may not be addicted to unhealthy things. Some people have an addictive personality and they're addicted to healthy things, right? So not all addictions are bad. The type of person that I am uh, is I, I'm an, I have an addictive personality and I latched on to alcohol it made me feel good. It, it helped me identify with something that I thought I wanted. Um, you know, the fun life, the fast life, the, the, the energy, right. It was, it was all fun. Um, and it's like that a lot of times with people in addiction, it's fun for a while. 
the the drugs are fun for a little bit the painkillers help you for a little bit the alcohol makes you feel good for a little bit um but then the people like myself we will continue to crave that feeling and we start to lose our identity uh in who we were truly meant to be and we start creating an identity in the things that we're consuming or or the things that are consuming our time yeah um, that's what happened to me. And, and that stuck with me from the age of 14 till I went to prison, 28. I mean, it was part of, it was part of my life. I didn't do anything without alcohol. I didn't do anything without drinking. I didn't, it was just who I was. And, and it was fun for a while, you know? And then, and then at, at when I was probably 24, 25 years old, uh, that's when it became not fun anymore. And it started to destroy my life and destroy relationships. And, you know, my parents were up all night worried if I was going to make it home or die or end up in prison, which I ended up doing anyway. But um, so it was a struggle. I, to answer your question, it was a struggle for a long time. Um, and uh, yeah. Wow. And thank you for just sharing that with vulnerability and transparency. So you mentioned you started drinking at 14 because of what was going on at home. You didn't want to be around the environment with your parents arguing, et cetera. So that was 14. And then you did it up until you went to prison. So about 28. So 14 years, that was your lifestyle. And it seemed like the alcohol was soothing and it would just kind of numb what you were going through. And it was just a part of you. Uh, it was just a part of Michael's um, identity is, is what it sounds like. And just like you said, everyone has their own vices and their own choice. And I, could, I, I can't necessarily relate to the alcoholism, but I could relate to doing things to numb the pain. Like I lost my father November 25th, 2020 to medical negligence. Then my job in corporate America, I was in oil and gas for 12 years, then my grandmother, and then my other grandmother all within a year and a half. And just to numb the pain, sometimes I would just shut people out because they didn't understand the grief that I was I was walking through and it wasn't that I was like, you know, spiraling. It was just that you don't understand what I'm going through if you haven't walked in my shoes. So different people, uh, I just want to put this out there for the audience. You may numb yourself with alcohol. You may numb yourself with drugs. Some people numb their numb themselves with pornography. Some people get um, are sex addicts. There's so many different vices. And then on the other side, people numb themselves with working out where you're pushing yourself too hard and your body begins to break down because you're training too hard because you're like, I gotta, 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 gotta look good. And you're just doing, doing, doing like the Energizer Bunner Bunny that you never really take time to kind of take a step back to re really reflect on, okay, is what I'm doing, is it serving me or is it causing me to detach and derail based on where, where I am? And another question I want to lean up, lead up to, I think the importance of family dynamics, not only were your parents arguing back and forth, but you did mention that you have a brother who ended up going down the, in the line of ministry. He's a minister. So did you feel like growing up in that household that you had a person that you could talk to because you left the household. So was your brother not there? And what's the age, um, the age gap between y'all two? Yeah. So uh, another great question. I have two brothers, um, both younger than me. 
Stephen and Gabriel. Uh, Stephen followed in my footsteps for a few years. Uh, he's doing phenomenal, by the way. Now he's been sober, I don't know, 12 years. He owns a couple businesses, own uh, treatments. Like he's just crushing life right now. Um, so, uh, but he followed my footsteps a little bit. And then our youngest brother, Gabriel, he's the minister. Uh, he's the street preacher, if you will. Um, he, uh, he's just an amazing man. Uh, him and his wife, they're having a baby. It's super cool. But, um, I, I didn't have anybody. Uh, I, ch- I, like you said, I blocked everybody out. If, if it wasn't going to help me decrease, then I didn't want it, even though I didn't know I was decreasing, but that's what it was. If, if it was going to help me, I didn't want it around me. I, I wanted, I, I didn't want those people around me. I didn't want to confide in anybody that could help me. I didn't want to do any of that. I wanted to be with the people that would allow me to continue to live the way I was living. And that's what we do. Oftentimes we, we choose. So, so the issue, we choose who's around us, right? We, we choose who's around us. I don't care what anybody says. We choose the company we keep 100%. And I chose to keep the company that allowed me to continue in my sickness. Uh, that's what I chose to do. And, you know, life is, life is funny. Uh, this is, uh, uh, a fact, right? I think it's a fact life. Life will always put us in a position to reevaluate what we're doing at times. For me, it was prison. I had chance after chance, after chance, after chance, after chance, after chance, after chance to change my ways. Um, until I ended up in prison. And that's where I got to reevaluate what I was doing. Other people see it in divorce. They don't want to change nothing until their spouse or significant other is like, I'm ready for a divorce. And then it's like, oh, hold on, hold on, what? And it's like, no, you've been doing this for 20 years. I'm done. Don't, you know, it's like life puts us in those positions and then oftentimes we wonder why now, why me, why me, why me? And it's like, take a step back and reevaluate. Take a look at what you've been doing and honestly tell yourself that it's working, All right? You can't, you can't, I, could, I couldn't honestly tell you that, that my life was working. You know, when I was in the oil field, I made three, four, $500 a day. And at the end of the month, I had 20 bucks. You know, I, what I was doing wasn't working. And, uh, you know, I tell people this, we see this a lot at Warrior's Heart um, with the with the, the population that we serve, because uh, that's what we treat, addiction and PTSD. And we see that a lot, uh, you know, people coming in because of divorce, because they're facing jail time, because they lost their job, because their kids don't want to talk to them, right? And it's what it is, is it's life finally saying, stop. It's finally saying it's time to put an end to what you're doing. And uh, I'll tell people all the time, like, you have made it through 100% of the worst days of your life. I don't care. Everybody listening to this call, anybody, they've made it through 100% of the worst days of their life. That's a fact. If you didn't, you'd be dead, right? So if you can make it through 100% of those days, what makes you think this is this is day is going to be different? You know, 
it, you can make it through today too. And you can choose to start to implement better things in your life. Uh, so what if you drank yesterday? You don't have to today. So what if you got in a fight yesterday? You don't have to do that today. So what if you lost your job yesterday? You can look for another one today. So you, there's always, you can always make it through. You can always make it through. But we, we see that a lot with the, the population we serve. They're struggling with addiction, PTSD, and they're coming to us because life has finally put them in a place where they got to make a choice, right? And it's the reality is life or death. What am I going to choose? Yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact that you it took you going to prison, which was metaphorically maybe rock bottom that woke you up. So it knocked you down to your knees. You had that aha moment. And in that moment, you learned that you needed to make a change. And I know you mentioned that you had, um, when that happened, your son was about three, year, three years old, right? So yes. the only question that had came up was, why was it prison and not your son? Yeah, so I, I came to this real hard realization in prison, you know, I, I, I love my son, right? Love my son. Always have. But can I really honestly say that I loved him the first two years of his life? I don't think so. And I realized that when I was in prison, because if uh, I had the kind of love for him that God has for me, then I wouldn't have been in prison. So when I realized that, when I realized that it's possible for me to have love for somebody, but not truly love them, that was a, that was a big eye opener. Um, you know, I, I had love for my son, but that's all. I just had love for him. I, I wasn't loving him. Right. And I wasn't loving him because I didn't know how to love myself. It's, it's impossible for somebody to love something else if they cannot truly love their self. Wow, that's that's profound. I want to stay there for a, for a minute because I think so many people can can re resonate to that is how can you love somebody if you don't love yourself? And if you don't love yourself, it's because maybe you don't know who you are. You don't have that self-care, that self that self-awareness or self-love or the world has beaten you down to the point so much that it has allowed you to condition yourself where you may see yourself as not worthy. You may see yourself as do I even matter? Or you may not even know your, your purpose or reason for existing when in actuality, when you start to peel back the layers and you go deep. And when I say deep, you go internally to learn who you are and you start to shed away those, you know, mental blockages, um, things that are holding you up mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, then you could really encompass loving yourself. And once you love yourself, then you can extend that type of grace and mercy in order to love, love other people and extend arms. And by you sharing your story, I could see how you began to love Michael. And now Michael is loving others who are in the military, they're veterans, or, you know, they're struggling with PTSD because you have now walked through that journey and made it to the other side. And now as, as extending love and compassion and grace, you're helping somebody else do the same. Would you say that's a good summary, Michael? Yes, absolutely. Um, it is, it has been such a beautiful thing for me in my life, not only to, to uh, finally be able to truly love people, um, 
I had so much hate in my heart for such a long time. Um, anybody, you know, it didn't matter, uh, color, demographic, race. I just, there was hate in my heart. Um, but it was because I hated myself and it was projected on other people. And when I, be, when I finally was able to love myself, the same thing happened. I was able to project that for other people. Uh, and it's, and it's evident in my kids' lives. I have two kids now, my son, he's eight, my daughter, this is crazy, but she was born when I was in prison. I went to prison with one kid and came out of prison with two. Uh, not many people, I, I'm maybe not many people can say that. Uh, and she is my daughter. Um, I had no idea about her until I got out of prison. Um, and, uh, I would, I was too, this is cool. I got custody of my kids, um, after prison. So it's like just this crazy, crazy things, good things. Um, but it's about back, back to your question. It's about showing love. Like if people I tell you, if you want, if people would just love people, the world, I mean, it would change like this. If people would just love people like, I mean, that would, that would change so much, but uh, I'm able to love and help other veterans and first responders when they call into, when they call the crisis line, uh, you know, and they, they, they're at rock bottom. Like you said, they're at rock bottom. Like I was at, and they call and they reach out and, they're facing jail time or they're facing divorce or they're facing the state taking their kids or they're facing, you know, whatever it is they're facing. Um, I can honestly tell them, I can honestly say, I get it. Like I get it. And, and, and I, we can help. Like, it's not like, it's not, I'm not just a suit and tie behind a desk, you know, working for commissions or anything like we don't get that anyway, but it's, I can honestly help, right? Like, oh, you're fixing to go to jail. Hey buddy, guess what? I've been to prison. I got custody of my kids that have been sober six and a half years. Like, let's talk, you know, uh, or, you know, we've got on our team, we have some other team members on the team. Uh, one of them was a gold star mom. She lost her husband uh, when he was active duty. Another one, worked with homeless veterans in San Antonio. So she's connected to the, that community. Another one is a retired law enforcement officer. So she's connected to, so it's like, it's not just me, it's my team, right? It's, it's us as a whole, like we can, we get it, right? Like we get it and it's okay. Like that's the other thing, people, there's a stigma, there's a stigma attached to PTSD, mental health, I'm crazy because I deployed or because I'm a cop, I'm crazy or I'm, it, there's a stigma attached to it all, but it's, none of it's true. It's not a weakness to reach out for help. Um, it's not a weakness to say that you need help. It's a sign of strength because only strong people will truly say that they need help with something, right? Weak people will suffer and suffer and suffer. It's a weakness. It's not a strength. Uh, and so we got to, hopefully this show too will help maybe break maybe someone's listening that has that stigma has that thought that they're too strong and they can't reach out for help like nope that's not the case you want to show strength and you need help you ask for help absolutely and then so i want you to leave uh three tips and then i'm gonna recite this um song lyrics it's a chh song so chh is christian hip-hop i'm not sure if you know who andy minio is but he has this amazing song that's called You Can't Stop Me. And I think it will tie 
get into what we what we talked about because I need the audience to know that if you're battling with PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, if you're battling with alcoholism, if you're battling with knowing your purpose or trying to find your identity, you can make it to the other side. And Michael's going to give three tips to help you navigate that. And then at the end of this recording, feel free to reach out to Michael or myself so we can help you on your road to recovery. Like this is just a bump in the in the road. It's a little pothole, but as long as you get over that, the road is going to be smooth sailing, but you got to put it work yes yes so uh three tips uh already mentioned one um but it's you've made it through 100 percent of the worst days of your life so the tip would be you can make it through today that's that's the tip don't think you can't because you can um and you can do it again tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day that's a fact because you've been doing it your whole life so 100% fact. Tip number two, uh, I would say, is that um, you are not too strong to ask somebody for help. Nobody is. It's it's a shot. It's a sign of strength to ask somebody for help. I don't care if it's five bucks to get some gas. I don't care if it's a phone call because you just got fired or you need some relationship advice or whatever. It doesn't matter what the help is. You could be doing great. You could be a millionaire listening to this call. You still might need help with something and it's okay to ask. Uh, So it doesn't go, it's just not for people hurting. Uh, It can be for anybody. I just ask for help. People, when we don't ask for help, here's another tip. When we don't ask for help, we deny a person the opportunity to be a giver right? People have a desire in their heart to help other people. We do. Uh, And when we don't ask for help, we're denying somebody the opportunity that could be in our path to help us out. Absolutely. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. You coming in in connection with yourself that you want to get over the hurdle, but you need to link arms with somebody that's able to be a conduit or a human vehicle to get you to that next um, position in your life and you know it's okay so just just see it that way don't see it as oh I'm asking for help I'm weak or I can't do it um if that was the case then you know where would we be today in the world like you know Rome wasn't built in a day and neither was the world so if you think about that then I hope that gives you some encouragement so Michael thanks for sharing those um those three tips and I'm just going to read this stanza and then we'll jump into the CTA after that which is the call to action so this song is by Andy Minio he is Italian and he is a CHH artist which is Christian hip-hop and it's called You Can't Stop Me. Um, I think you know this song, Michael. Do you know the song? I think so. Okay, I'm just going to read like a few, like a few, like, I think it's like two stanza. So at the end of me reading it, let me know what you think. And then we'll jump into the call to action and then wind down. Okay. So in the song, um, he says... He says, you're my biggest opponent. You you know me. I know you. We, we know it. Whenever I fail, you've always been there to simply remind me I've blown it. You don't see where I'm gro- growing. You don't see where I'm going. You only see in the moment. You know my mistakes. You never let go. 
huh? Don't cease to amaze me and it drive me crazy, huh? That you catch every detail that I miss in the songs I'm making, saying you will never write a verse like Kendrick, never be the rap what Rock got from Hendrix, um, top 10 alive, you never you'll never be mentioned, why aim so high, won't survive the trenches, plus you a Christian, Andy, they will never listen, Andy, plus, well, you're pigment, Andy, huh, <laughs> you don't got skill, you, uh, you're a gimmick, Andy, and it's like, well, if I listen to you and everything you put in my ear, I will be living like woulda, shoulda, coulda, I'll be paralyzed by fear, huh, ain't that the truth, um, if I quit, the only way I lose, I got two choices when I do this. Make moves or make excuses, huh? If you know who I'm talking about, then you got me. My biggest enemy is me, and even I can't stop me. And then he goes on to talk more in the song about how God is on his side and he's not going to stop. And, you know, that's what's getting him through. And it's like a really, like, fire song. Like, I'm not a rapper. And, like, I could just, like, fake sing. But I, I wish I could drop beats and bars, y'all. Because if I you would, if, if I could say it like Andy Minio, it would really pack a punch. But I really do believe that certain lyrics that we hear in music can actually help pick us up whenever we're going through, like, you know, some hard times in our lives. Because music ministers to you, no matter if it's CHH, Christian hip hop, or country, or whatever like sometimes if you just let go and just let a song minister to you or a book or a movie you could see the subliminal messages in there and it may speak directly to you based on the season of your life that you're in so Michael did any of those lyrics touch you yes uh, yeah absolutely it we are our own worst enemy 100% because we choose what we allow into our life uh, if, if we allow negative words to come into our life from other people, well, that's our choice. Why? Because we chose to allow them to be in our space and we chose to listen and we chose to believe, right? So there's a lot of choices there. We, we are our own worst enemy at all times. And it comes down to our self-concept, uh, which is who we believe that we are. It's, it's built on our, our self-esteem, our morals, our ideals, um, and, and, and the little voice upstairs that continues to tell us we're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We'll never be financially stable. We'll never get out of the, this rat race. We'll never, this will never, blah, blah, it goes, the list goes on and on and on. It's our choice to allow those words to affect us or not. We can choose to allow increase in our life, or we can choose to allow decrease in our life. It's our choice. It's not anybody else's choice, period. It feels like it is. It seems like it is other people's choices, but it's not. It's ours. Uh, and we are our own worst enemy. You know, I used to think I was, uh, this may sound a little conceited. I don't know. So I used to think I was a very uh, not good looking person. I, I just didn't, I just didn't think I was, I don't know why. Uh, I don't know what it was about me or any of that. Um, but I, I just got engaged recently uh, and she's beautiful. She's gorgeous. And she thinks that I'm gorgeous and I believe her. Right. But for a long time, I was my own worst enemy. And I thought I was never, I wasn't going to be worthy of anybody. You know, it, and it's all me. It's all this. So yeah, I resonated real well with those lyrics. 
Yeah, so thank you. And thank you for sharing that. And congratulations on your um, engagement. That is amazing. Um, I definitely want to challenge you to go listen to the full song by Andy Minio because you'll definitely like feel the vibe once you hear it <laughs> from his, his um, voice. And now we're going to jump into the CTA, which is the call to action. And this is the part where you could plug your website, where you primarily hang out on social media. And then if you have a challenge for the audience today, just plug that as well. And we'll be very brief and then just close it out. Awesome. So we, so I'll give you, I'll give you two. So I obviously have to start with Warrior's Heart, right? Um, Cause that's the place to be. So uh, Warrior's Heart, you can go to warriorsheart.com. I'm going to pull it up right now. Warrior's Heart. You can go to warriorsheart.com. If you're, if anybody on here is struggling or they know of a veteran or first responder, firefighter, EMT, paramedic, cops, any type of first responders or even uh, like emergency room uh, nurses that are kind of in the trauma section of the hospitals. um, If you know any of them that are struggling, have them go to warriorsheart.com and fill out our, our contact me form, or they can just call myself and our team. Uh, they can reach us at, uh, where is it at? I have it right here. 855-960-5405. And then um, also, if anybody wants to jump into some personal development stuff, they can go to www.vantagepointta.com and uh, reach out to me and I'm happy to be shoot you an email and uh, talk about what, what Vantage Point does as well. Amazing. And then are you personally on any social media platforms, Michael? Yes, Warrior's Heart. So Warrior's Heart has uh, the Warrior's Heart Facebook page. Uh, I've got mine. My Facebook page is Michael Odell. Um, and then uh, my Instagram is Comeback Odell. Um, Warrior's Heart has an Instagram. It's Warrior's Heart. Uh, I think that's it. Okay, cool beans. So audience, I will definitely link Warrior's Heart um, contact information and then vantagepoint.ta so you can learn more on what Michael has going on. And I'm sure there's backlinks to those social media platforms there. I know for sure it's there for warriorsheart.com. And don't forget to like, comment, follow, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus audio platforms. You could also see this recording on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And my big ASK ask is for brand sponsors. If you want to have your products and services heard right here, where this podcast is currently ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per the KPIs, which are metrics um, on listennotes.com, please head on over to my website, genesismarskemp.net to learn more info on what I have going on and how you could be a sponsor or send me a personalized email to genesisamarskemp at gmail.com. It does take resources to fuel the mission and movement to bring content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while also curating a space for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it does take all of us coming together to make this world a better place. So I want to ask you two questions today. What is your imprint, and is it driving an impact? 
And number two, do you know who you are and what your mission is? And if you don't, then definitely reach out to Michael O'Dell or myself. I have also a visionary life coach. That is my paid business. So if you're interested in being coached by me or learning about some of the other incredible things that I have going on outside the podcast, all info can be found on that website. And once again, it's genesisamarskemp.net. So until the next segment, next guest, you know how I like to sign out. Peace, love, and lots of blessings. So I hope y'all have an amazing day and you enjoyed this segment. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.